Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Real quick, take a second and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, today's podcast is presented to you by Superbook Sports, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and of course, Blake Street Tavern. A lot to get to today, uh, including some drama that's happening in Denver radio. We're going to get to that, talk to somebody that uh, no longer is on the airwaves. We'll get some reaction from that, plus some more stuff from the mailbag. But first, let's jump into some headlines. Let's go! Don't you think that one of the most frightening things in this world is a vegan? (laughs) All the vegans listening be like, what? What the fuck? Ah, I need meat. So the Beyond Meat COO was arrested for biting a man's nose near Razorback Stadium. So Beyond Meat is the fake meat where they take, it's like plant-based food that is supposed to taste like meat. It kind of does, but not really. Unless you put a bunch of salt and a whole bunch of other shit in there, then, then you just taste the salt and a whole bunch of other shit and not the actual fake meat. Anyway, the dude just goes up on somebody, starts hitting them, then decides like, uh, I'm going to put words in his, his mouth and say, I'm hungry for meat. So he just takes a chunk out of this dude's nose. Fucking horribly scary to think about if that could happen to you. The other day I was driving home with the kids from school and this lady was in the median on 120th and she just starts throwing trash at people on, on the road. She's throwing garbage. She, she hits some car with a can. I'm like, what the fuck? So it's just like there's people that just lose their shit for one reason or another, whether it's mental illness or drugs or who knows. But it's scary to think that all of a sudden you could be walking along, then some dude just runs up on you, starts punching you, and then just (laughs) takes a bite out of your nose. That's fucking freaky as shit. And it got me thinking. Stay with me on this one, people. What if the zombie apocalypse starts with the fake meat people, a.k.a. the vegans? I need to actually get that sound effect instead of me doing it. Although it's kind of funnier if I just do it myself. Anyway, let's start that rumor now. Vegans start the zombie apocalypse. I can see it now. You're fucking with making fake meat out of plants and God knows what else. Next thing you know, you got zombies, okay? And you could only hope that if you turn into a zombie, you're not a meat-craving zombie. You're just like, you're craving vegetables. (laughs) That's the only way that 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 turns out well. But most likely what's going to happen is we're going to be pushing away the meat so much that we're going to fuck with something. And next thing you know, you got people eating people, right? Cannibals, cannibals, all started Because of vegans. That's the new conspiracy theory. You're welcome. Now, that being said, go ahead, eat Beyond Meat. I'm sure it's great food. I want to say I did eat an Impossible Burger at Burger King, and it tasted okay. I could tell it wasn't real meat. But that being said, I think like if, if all of a sudden they just switched out meat, and they're like, fine, you know what, guys? Nobody's eating red meat anymore. 
Nobody's eating chicken anymore. It's all going to be plant-based. And if it was like clear across the board, you just couldn't fucking get it. I guess I'd probably just adapt to it and just be like, fine. I'm not going to go hunt a, a, a chicken down and like pluck it and then fucking eat it. No, eh, it's too much work. I'm going to pluck a chicken. The fuck, man. Do you think, <laughs> do you think I'm going to pluck a chicken and then fucking eat it? No, no. I'm just going to go and buy whatever the fuck they say I can buy. Although that would be weird if there was like a black market for like chicken and, and steaks and stuff. But I think really the, the meat uh, of this story is that the zombie apocalypse will be started by fake meat and vegans. So take that to the bank. You're welcome. Anyway, speaking of vegetables, a psychic apparently can read asparagus and tell the future. Ja, uh, I'm going to say her name wrong, and I, I, I don't even have an idea. Jamia, whatever, fuck, I don't know. Miss Packington, <laughs> she's a psychic. She says King Charles III will hand over the reign to Prince William next year. According to the woman who uses asparagus tips to predict the future, Jamimi, Jamima, it's spelled J E. M-I-M-A. I don't know how to say that. I am the worst at reading names. Miss Packington, the psychic, the veggie psychic, we'll just say that, is the world's only so-called asparamancer, which is a fucking made-up word, claims that she can correctly predict the future using asparagus. Basically, she just drops them, and however she interprets whatever the fuck she sees on the ground, her dirty asparagus will tell her the future. And allegedly, she correctly predicted the queen's death. She also said she uh, correctly predicted Brexit, Prince Philip's death, uh, Harry and Meghan's withdrawal from the royal family. I think we could all see that one coming. Anyway, asparagus psychic lady says she did this. She, she predicted the death of the queen. Now she's predicting King Charles will sign over things over to Prince William. And she's saying that this is going to happen soon within the next 12 months. Pretty interesting. Although, don't you think that she would be the most annoying dinner guest? You bring her over. You're like, hey, uh, we'll just call her Carol. Hey, Carol, can you pass the carrots? Absolutely. <gasps> wait, wait. And she starts like reading them and you're like, they're just fucking carrots, Carol. Christ. Fucking Carol. Pass the asparagus. <gasps> Wait. Carol, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be annoying. Speaking of annoying, a U.S. cafe is suing their uh, customer that tipped a waitress for $3,000 and now that customer is demanding it back. The waitress, waitress named Marina Lambert was excited to get the tip. It actually cleared because at first the management is just like, are you sure this is the case? Like, And then sure enough, the, the credit card tip cleared. The customer's name is Eric Smith. And the, the people at Alfredo's Pizza Cafe were just so impressed with this guy who decided to tip. This waitress, $3,000. Now, here's the thing. Mr. Smith said that the reason why he tipped it 
so well was just like it was a social media campaign called Tips for Jesus that inspired him to leave this enormous tip. And then all of a sudden, he was like, you know what? Tips for Jesus. Fuck that. No, I'm going to want my money back. There's so much wrong with this. He's being influenced by social media to give a big tip. And then it's religious social media. So he's just like, this is going to make me look good uh, to God. And I'll probably get a place in heaven. And then he leaves it. And then come to find out most likely what happened. And I'm going to fill in the blanks. And this has allegedly happened is he goes home and his wife's all, why are we missing $3,000 in the checking account? Well, I want to get in good with Jesus, and I left the $3,000 tip at Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about Alfredo's Pizza Cafe, and Jesus ain't trying to pay your bills. So get the motherfucking money back. I'm guessing that's what happened. (laughs) Eric's like, my wife said I can't tip you. (laughs) Well, anyway... There's a big, uh, big fuss about this, and, and the cafe's trying to sue the the customer for trying to take the money back just because it's so annoying and chaotic, and it's just fucked up. You just don't fucking do that. But I guarantee you, Eric Smith did not get permission to tip $3,000. Come on. What a fucking dick. They got more stuff coming your way, including one of the biggest dramas currently affecting Denver media. We'll get to that but first root for safeties this season with your friends at superbook sports if you bet with superbook this football season they're going to give you a 50 dollars bonus if a safety is scored on a sunday so it could be a punter running out of the end zone maybe a, a quarterback or running back gets knocked down into the end zone root for chaos whatever it is you could win money with superbook this fall so download the superbook colorado app right now and start rooting for two with superbook sports Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Fellas, as you know, it's all about size. Nobody's bigger than we are. We have 18,000 square feet and three bars under one roof. Add it all up, and you have Denver's best football bar. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches football. Looking at the mailbag, I had this come in like at 2 o'clock in the morning, or 3 o'clock. Yeah, I think it was 2 o'clock here. This comes in. He says, hi, Scott. Sort of late night email. It's about 3 o'clock here. He's in Michigan. Uh, I'm a few Labatt's in. Is Labatt, is that's that's beer, right? I, have, I, I don't think I've had a Labatt ever. Anyway, I was wondering if you could expand on what it's like to be a producer, being the quiet guy basically running shit. That's from Matt and Lansing. He also added, soon to be known as Ah this fucker again. (laughs) It's true. That's exactly before I read that, Matt, I was like, ah, this, I actually said this fucking cunt again. (laughs) Listen, get it right next time. Okay, Matt. P.S. Maybe share a horrible scenario as a producer where shit hit the fan. Ha. As Connery would say, your mother's shit hit my fan last night. That's disgusting. (laughs) I, 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 no, I don't Ew. Anyway, it is interesting to be a producer behind the scenes of a radio show, especially one that was it was as successful as Schlerth and Evans was when I was producing their show. And but it's not necessarily their show. I've I worked on so many other ones. 
I remember when it was Scott and Al, one of the most popular shows that I can remember was when I, my first real show to be quote unquote, a producer, I wasn't officially producer, but I was basically a producer for Scott Hastings and Alfred Williams. And I remember this was at our old building and they had scheduled Archie Manning to come in studio and the show, I God, I think you guys probably remember too. I think the show started at one and it went one to three. So it was like a, a two hour show and Hastings and Alfred were both late. Archie showed up at one o'clock right when the show starts. I have no talent there. He was actually there a few minutes prior. I have no talent there because they were notorious for just showing up. It's a good example of why when you're a manager, you just got to stick to your guns and it doesn't matter who the talent is or whoever your employees are. You just got to treat everybody the same. And it's just, they either respect the rules or they get out. But anyway, so they were just kind of being dicks and didn't want to show up for whatever reason. I'm sure they see this in a different perspective, but this is the way I'm telling the story. I have the microphone. They don't. Anyway, Archie Manning is sitting in the studio and I'm like, what the fuck are we, we going to do? Maybe they show up at 101 or something like that. So I'm here's the problem. At the time, I'm I'm like maybe two years into radio. And I at the time, I had no desire to talk on the radio. Nothing, none at all. I wanted to learn everything I could about behind the scenes. So Archie's sitting in studio all by himself. He didn't even have like a handler with him, like somebody like walking to different radio stations or anything like that. He's in there by himself. Uh, uh, Hastings and Alfred didn't show up till around 10 after 1. The show started at 1. So what I had to do, according to my boss, was just like shove as much shit into this commercial break. We basically took like a 15-minute commercial break because we went from Jim Rome to it was supposed to be uh, Hastings and Alfred. And so I had like 15 minutes. I was shoving as much you know, inventory in there to stretch because we had nobody else there. Nobody. And Every now and then I'd walk into the studio and just be like, and apologize to Archie Manning. I'm I'm like, I am so sorry. But there's like nothing I could fucking do. And then sure enough, the guys finally show up and act like nothing's wrong. And that was really embarrassing. I gotta be honest. That was really fucking embarrassing. Like you can't fucking do that shit. There's a lot of weird random stories out there that if I get jarred, you know, in the right direction I'll, I'll remember a bunch of stuff but i remember that that was really embarrassing and it really irritated the shit out of me that the talent would do that and but they made a mistake and i i don't know what happened as far as management goes but it's like you can't fuck you can't do that shit i'm trying to think if there's any other incidents there was one time where scott hastings almost fought dan jacobs in the studio <laughs> and that was funny because I was like, oh, shit, they're really going to fight because they were just mouthing off. Because at the time, Dan Jacobs, who's now an on-air talent slash he's also a judge and a lawyer in real life, 
he used to be the executive producer at the fan. And he was trying to tell Hastings to do something, and Hastings didn't like it. And then they just start mouthing off at each other. Next thing you know, Hastings, six foot ten, is barking at Dan Jacobs, who's probably about six foot. And they're just like, they're about to go throw down. And I go and tell my boss, I was like, can you get in the middle of this and start? Because I'm trying to run the board and trying to keep things on schedule. And he goes and he hears them yelling and he just turns back. I'm like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> God. There's always some sort of drama. I remember John Jones and John Jones Bones or whatever, the UFC fighter, him and Rampage Jackson were doing a tour, and it was before their big fight, and they were both in studio, and thankfully we did pictures before the, <laughs> the interview because by the end of the interview, and this was like their first interview for this promotion, they started mouthing off to each other. And they almost fought in our studio. And a lot of people thought that this was just bullshit and, and hype for the fight. And I thought that at first. I was like, ah, I'm kind of laughing. Then I see Rampage leave, and he's just fucking pissed. And I go out in the hallway, and he's with somebody else. And he's just like, he is just so fucking pissed. He's like, I just want to beat the shit out of that motherfucker right goddamn now. And like, he's just pissed. And I'm like, Oh, this is real. <laughs> this is okay. Okay. I'm like, wow. Like we got so close to having drama unfold. And that would have been an international story. It would have been right there, right in front of us. But it didn't happen because thankfully Rampage was smart and he walked away so he could cool himself off. But that was an interesting time. And a lot of people don't realize that that happened. And I think a lot of people think that it, if we ended up bringing that up on the air, people just probably thought it was part of the, the show type of thing. But it wasn't. It wasn't. They, he was fucking pissed. Because John Jones is this arrogant fucking dick. And Rampage, is he, he's not about that. He's not. He's arrogant in, in his own way. But John Jones is completely different. He, he's, he's that arrogant cunt type vibe. Now he's going to come after me. Great. Now I have to beat up a UFC fighter. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Be like, can you catch me? <laughs> Run! Run! I will tell you this story. Oh, that made me think of it. Speaking of Alfred Williams, there was a time we were talking about who's the fastest person at the radio station. Now, this is prior to me having a bunch of foot issues and hip issues because Father Time really took its toll on me uh, shortly after this. So we're racing each other. We're all figuring out who's fast. And at, at the time, I was pretty fast. But Alfred is super quick off the go. Being a former defensive lineman, you have to be. And he is super fucking quick. So we're in the parking lot at 104.3 The Fan, and we're racing. It's him versus me. Me versus Alfred Williams. And they say, on your marks, get set, Go. And Alfred just smokes me off the line. But then I start to catch up. I catch up and I'm about to beat him. And guess what he does? He chucks me into a car. <laughs> now, I wasn't hurt, but I'm like, what the fuck? Who does that? And Big Al, being him, just starts laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I almost killed the Huff. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> Take on Alfred? No, I just laughed too and cried 
quietly in my car later that that afternoon. That was, that was funny. So there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on. There's a lot of times as a producer, you're trying to... There's times where you would present stuff to your talent and say, these are the top stories that we should go into. And then they just look at it and they're like, no, I don't want to talk about any of that. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I'm like, fuck, man. There's some talent that show up and they're ready to go. They have an idea. I'll tell you a good example of that. Zach By. I loved it when I used to produce the morning show and Zach and Stokely would fill in because I was like, they're, they're going to come up with everything. And Zach was really fucking good at that. And, and so was Mike Evans. Mike Evans is really good about that too. It's very easy to be a producer for, for talent like that because they're involved in what they should be talking about. In my mind, as a producer, that's the way it should be. Why? Because they're talking about things that they actually give a shit about. So as a producer, if I'm sitting there trying to give them a bunch of ideas, be like, we could be talking about this, this, and this, it's fine to present those ideas. But ultimately, they need to want to talk about those so it sounds authentic and not forced. So I would send the guys stuff, and then it's a matter of, did they read it? Do they see a, a, a way for them to go, oh, that's an interesting story. I could take it this way. I could take it that way. I can't tell them which way to go when they're talking about a story. I shouldn't. And I know there's some talent out there that want their producers to think for them. And that's not the way it should be. And those are the shows that tend to struggle, are the ones that aren't authentic. So if you're not authentic and doing what you want to do as a talent, you're going you're gonna to fail. Eventually, you might find some short success, but eventually you are going to fizzle out because people are going to get tired of basically a relayed opinion, uh, if that makes sense. There's a lot of times talent just, they're not really talent. They're just going off of what somebody else says. If you sent me a story right now and I read it and I didn't like it, I'm not going to talk about it. Unless I read it and I go, here's a way I can spin this. I can still talk about it. I can give my opinion on it regardless if I like it or not. I can just do my own spin on it. But if you sit there as a quote-unquote producer and send me this article and be like, this is your take, your take should be, and trust me, there's a lot of producers that do this, your take should be this and that and this. What the producer should be doing is just relaying information and say, Here's a big story. Here's all the details of that story if you choose to go that direction. Now, here's another story. Here's another story. You might be able to throw in some tidbits of opinion of your own and be like, this is kind of crazy because I think this, 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 and this. And sometimes the talent will go, oh, I like that idea. I'm going to steal that. Okay, that's cool. But ultimately, as a producer, you're trying to get the best out of your talent and leading them down the right direction without overly influencing their opinions because people tune in to hear them. They don't tune in to hear the producer. It was weird though when I was on the fan because I was kind of in this weird position because going back again to Scott and Al, Scott and Al wanted me to be a part of the show and it was, you know, they just wanted everybody to know who's involved in the show and that's how I got to be in a weird position where 
I was always being brought on and I just, you know, would do my thing and be goofy and whatever. As far as a sports show goes, you have the two talents. Let's say there's two talents. You got two talents. They're talking sports. You have the driver of the show. You have the, the co-host that reacts and is a little bit more comical than, than the other guy. Then if you have a third voice, which is usually, I guess, in a sense, the producer. In my mind, it's awful when that producer, that third voice, is trying to be intellectual competition for the talent. In my mind, that third voice needs to be completely different than the other two guys. That third voice needs to be just comedy. Completely different. Be your own thing. And that's what I always tried to do. I didn't sit there and try to go, let's talk about the Broncos. Let's talk about this and that. Be like, no, I just talk about like, dude, I don't know. I got really drunk last night. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. I have a fucking headache or something like that. And then I'd just be the everyman type of thing. So it's interesting. It's a good question. I'm sure I'll think of some other stories here and there, but I really appreciate you sending that in, uh, Matt and Lansing. And if you guys want to send me in an email, uh, whether it's a question like that or or you have a story you want to share, dehuffuncensored at gmail.com. I got a lot of questions, whether it was via email or Twitter or even on Facebook, of the big story coming out of 104.3 The Fan here in Denver. Tyler Columbus was part of the drive with DMAC, and basically Tyler's contract was not renewed. So they're in the process of getting a replacement for Tyler. I reached out to Tyler today, talked to him a little bit. He's taken the high road. He's not going to sit there and try to trash talk anybody as of right now. As of right now, let's get a few drinks in Tyler and see what he says. (laughs) Don't mind. This is just a recorder. Speaking to the microphone. Like, so who pisses you off the most? (laughs) But let me read you what Tyler wrote on Twitter. He said, my contract at the fan has come to an end. Thank you to all the listeners that made the last three years a joy. We laughed and created memories. We consoled each other through the Broncos' rough years. And together, we did so much good through Pedal with Columbus to beat ovarian cancer. I won't name all my colleagues that will forever be a part of my life but you guys know who you are. I love you guys. Not sure what's next yet. For now, just thanks for being a part of the ride. Maybe we'll go on a different ride soon. That's that's what Tyler wrote. He's very professional about it. And I reached out to the program director at 104.3 The Fan. I was giving him shit. And I was like, so you shit can Tyler, huh? He's all, no, that's not what happened. His contract expired. We didn't renew it. And then I said, tomato, tomato. <laughs> and then he's like, no, not exactly. Here's the thing. That's just radio, guys. That's what happens. They're on to the next shiny object. I'm going to put words in everybody's mouth in the next like minute or so, okay? And it's just me literally filling in the blanks. Ratings weren't as good as they wanted, so guess what? Like I just said, on to the next shiny object. Who can they get in? Who's the next big name circling around Denver that's available that maybe used to be a Denver Bronco? 
Maybe he just retired after being in Baltimore. I don't know, Derek Wolf. So it's just it just makes sense what they're doing. I get it. It sucks for Tyler. I saw Derek Wolf's name bouncing around. I don't know if that's official or if that's just a rumor or whatever it is, but it makes sense to me. Let's say they do go with him. It makes sense. Maybe they got a different guy, different lady. I don't know. The thing is, is just it's it's a business. And ultimately, they're about getting as much revenue as possible and being as successful as they possibly can. If they have info that is saying that they could be better and a way to be better is by not renewing that contract, then that's what they got to do. Will they come out and say it that roughly? No, and they shouldn't. They're trying to be as nice as possible. Tyler is a good guy. He will find a job somewhere else. There's some people blaming it on DMAC because, yet again, this is another co-host of DMAX that just is gone. Started with Alfred. Ever since then, it's been a rough road when Alfred decided to leave. Man, if that ever could come back together somehow, if Al and DMAX somehow, some way, could ever join forces again, they would dominate. They would dominate because they were fucking good together. And I don't know exactly what happened between them and why Alfred decided to leave. Maybe one of these days I get Alfred on. But it is what it is. But I think that would be a great show to get them back together. I'm not saying it has to be on the fan. It could be somewhere else. Shit, man, they could do a podcast, and it would be fucking so successful. But I know they're on two competing radio stations right now. But that's radio, guys. There's always going to be changes. And especially now, we're even more impatient with things than we were, say, 20 years ago. And what's crazy is for the longest time, Al and DMAC were the longest-running show on the fan. And then Alfred leaves, and then now I believe the longest-running show on the fan is Schlereth and Evans, which started in... I think 2016 so which isn't that long but they're they're doing okay but eventually what happens is the corporate individuals up top are just going to be like well we're making money we're doing well but could we be doing great how do we do great well maybe we move this part or get rid of this part and replace it with a different part that's all it is I don't know what to tell you. It's one of those things. It's It sucks, but uh, Tyler will be fine. DMAC will be fine. And they'll find somebody else to replace Tyler. And hopefully that person will stick with it and not screw over DMAC like Tom Nayland did. Tom was only on there for like three months. It was a good show. And then he's just like, fuck it. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm sure there was more to it than that. But that's the optics, is he just walked away. I don't know all the details on that. I don't. I'm just kind of filling in the blanks on that. But here's the thing. Again, that's radio. Everything I've talked to people behind the scenes is there's no hard feelings, assuming people are being honest with me. It's just one of those things that happened. They just decided not to renew his contract. That's it. 
That's it. If I find out any more details, any more drama, maybe I'll spill the beans. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so, so much for listening. You're like, that told me nothing. Nothing. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share it with your friends. Give it a nice review. Five stars, please. Thanks a bunch. Superbook Sports, you guys are amazing. Blake Street Tavern, also you kick butt. Go check them out at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. And of course, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. Thank you guys so much. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.